the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Friday, January the 12th, 2024, in the year of our Lord. On January 12, 1959, Barry Gordy Jr., he founded Motown Records, originally Tamala Records, but he founded that record label in Detroit. It's significant because blacks had been kind of blocked out of the traditional music industry as far as the record companies and all of that kind of thing up until that time. And so Barry Gordy started this label, Motown, and um, a lot of the people that were the first people to record, black people to record uh, these records on Motown were from a church in Detroit. And it was the, um, it was Dr. Franklin was the pastor of the church. Dr. Franklin was Aretha Franklin's father. And a lot of these guys that became well-known, you know some of their names now, were recording on on that label, that record label, and they were out of that church. They'd been singing in the church, and Gordy Berry was, attended that church as well, at least some of the time, and he saw the talent there, and so he capitalized on that, and a whole new music um, channel for, you know, black, the black artists was uh, was formed around Motown Records. Very, very successful. It's kind of a nice story. It, it sort of broke the ice and allowed some guys to get out and really become known in the country and, and have success and, and make a lot of money. Uh, they didn't have that opportunity before that. Today in 1828, the United States and Mexico signed a Treaty of Limits defining the boundary between the two countries to be the same as the one established by an 1819 treaty between the U.S. and Spain. Could someone please grab your phone real quick and call the White House and tell the president, if you can reach him, um, there is a boundary and it's official. And it's the same boundary that was established in 1819. And it's still in effect today, or supposed to be, in 2024. I don't know about him. Today in 1910, at a White House dinner hosted by President William Howard Taft, Baroness Rosen, she was the wife of the Russian ambassador, she caused a stir by requesting and smoking a cigarette. It was apparently the first time a woman had smoked openly during a public function in our executive mansion. Some of the other women present also had cigarettes in their purse. They brought them out and they all began lighting up. They were free. They were set free. They could smoke cigarettes now. Today in 1945, aircraft from the U.S. Task Force 38 sank 40 Japanese ships off Indochina. Today in 1966, President Lyndon B. Johnson, he continued his war on America that he called the Great Society or the War on Poverty. 
That was uh, the U.S. military, he said, should stay in Vietnam until communist aggression there was stopped. Today in 1971, All in the Family premiered on CBS television. I want to talk to you a little bit about All in the Family today and about the family specifically and about marriage and women and men and their roles, biblical roles. Yes, there are roles for women and roles for men in God's scheme of things. And God created it all, so he knows best for sure. We'll talk about that in a moment. The United Nations Healthcare Agency, the World Health Organization, WHO, they've given transgender activists a majority of the seat in a panel that is drafting healthcare policies for children around the world. They've given a majority of seats in the panel that will be drafting healthcare policies for children around the world. The majority of them are gays and transgender. Eleven members of whose 21-member panel have no formal medical training. Seven are transgender. The rest, the other part of the 11 is, are, are, are gay or homosexual. Just 10 have a medical background, according to a report by the Daily Mail this morning. One of them is reportedly a controversial Canadian transgender activist who has a strong influence. They have a big following on Chinese uh, app TikTok. And that person is saying that puberty blockers should be prescribed to all children, regardless of their gender identity, so they can choose their gender rather than being assigned one by society. Well, these people are so screwed up in their thinking on many fronts. But gender society isn't assigned by society. It's assigned by God. And a little baby is born, and at a glance you can tell if it's a boy or a girl. The problem is they've complicated this for their own purposes. And here we go again. Now they're doing it on the world stage. Another one of WHO's committee members says that transitioning causes no health problems, and this person claims that the only actual side effects of getting a sex change are a significantly improved quality of life and trance joy. The way of the world is destructive on so many, in fact, all fronts. It is an amazing thing to see what humanity is capable of doing and the depths that we are capable of falling when we rebel against God and against God's order. God is not the author of confusion, and confusion reigns throughout the societies on this earth today, including our own, sadly. America has been, in the past, a shining light in the darkness, a banner carrier for what is good and right and righteous and godly, even to the countries who did not worship the God of the Bible. They saw a standard that was carried by America. We represented something. In recent years, we have taken a turn, and in this particular administration, it breaks my heart and all of our hearts 
and it surely breaks the heart of God to see what this country has come to at this point. Can we turn the corner? Can things be changed? I believe so. I know there are those that don't. I believe there can be. Ultimately, things are going to get worse. I've read Revelation. I've taught and preached from Revelation as a pastor and Daniel and so on. I understand where we're going. We need to understand the times. But I think that the day that we give up on America and say, well, whatever will be, will be, and we know the end, is it, it, it just all you know, collapses. I've read Revelation 2, Gary, and I know what happens. But I don't think we should grow weary in well-doing. I don't think there's a point where we say, well, I mean, the world's going to end and, and Jesus is going to return and so on. That is all true. But I don't think in the economy of God and in, in, in God's plan and purpose, I don't think there is a point where we say, well, I'm going to lay down the mantle. I'm going to lay down the banner now. I'm not going to be a banner carrier for the Lord Jesus Christ in the society that I live in. I don't think we should, I don't think we've, we're called to that. I don't think we should have a moment like that in our lives. We grow weary sometimes, no question about that. Hebrews chapter 12, 2 and 3 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. If there are days in the history of mankind that would make you faint and wearied, it would be these days. I understand that. But I think we're called to stand, regardless of what's happening around us, to stand. And I deeply believe that we are to be informed. A people group, whether it's a community, a family, whether it's a nation, whether it's the globe, will be destroyed for lack of knowledge. We need to know what's happening, and we need to understand it through a biblical worldview. Everything has to be looked at through the lens of God's word. That is God's plan, and it's the best plan, and it works. People can find joy, not in transgendering when they're five years old, because they've been terribly misled and abused by those that are suggesting they do so. Not by all of that, but joy comes through God's truth. And God's truth and God's purposes and God's ways being applied in our lives. There's so many people today, and I, I see this a lot as I do research for this program every day. They're so oppressive. They talk about freedom, and yet freedom that Christ brings, living out Christianity is a no-no to these people. Oh, no, we can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Well, that's... That's oppressive. Christianity is oppressive on women and so on, and on and on it goes. But those whom the sun sets free are free indeed. And that applies to every aspect of our life. 
Yesterday I wrote about and talked about on this radio program the fact that there is a spiritual move happening among the Gen Z people. The Gen Z is is generally categorized as as kids. <laughs> to me, they're kids. I'm you know over forty now, and and uh, anyway, they're kids that are born between 1997 and 2012. In other words, they're about 13 to 28 years old. That's that category that. People who study, uh, you know, sociologists and demographers and so on that study the, the culture and, and one thing or another, that's how they categorize that group. And they're called Gen Z, Generation Z. And they are, as I said, they're about 13 to 28 years old. Um, and yesterday we talked about at some length here on the program that they are turning to God, that group in particular, are turning to God by the tens of thousands across America. I was deeply moved as I shared that with you because it's very close to my heart. I believe that God is going to do some great things in these final days of humanity as we know it uh, on earth. I believe Christ is coming. I believe things are going to change, and I believe they're going to change sooner than later. But in the meantime, we are called to be faithful. We are called to stand. We are called to not grow weary in well-doing. And so we're going to do the best that we can to not do any of those things and to stand for Christ and to stand for what is right. So it moved me greatly to know that tens of thousands, perhaps hundreds of thousands of kids, young people, Gen Z in particular, are turning away from the ways of the world and they are submitting themselves to God in these massive gatherings. And it's really just about sharing the word of God and about worship and they worship and they worship God and it, with with scriptural uh, content in other words, the the words of the of the songs they're singing in these worship because I was you know I really drilled into this to see what was going on because I've been there and done that in the past and in another time when there was a another really a an outpouring of God's spirit in Jesus revolution in the 60s and 70s and so on and so I've really looked into it, and, and the courses they're singing at these worship events where there's tens of thousands of kids there, 55,000 in one and so on, and they're, they're, using, they're, they're using choruses and songs that are very biblical. And in some churches today around across the country, it, it's very concerning to, to, I think, a lot of people, it is to me, that some of the songs they're singing, I mean, what does it mean? It's all about me. This is not the case with what's happening with this generation. But there's another aspect of this generation that I want to spend a few minutes today talking with you about. In fact, it caught the attention of Emma Water. She She's a, a writer, well, pretty well-known writer. She writes a lot for The Federalist. And uh, I, found, I saw this article in The Federalist, and it's kind of the basis of what I want to talk to you about. I don't agree with everything Emma Water says. She, I mean, she, she's not way out there, but... Some her take on a couple of things I don't necessarily agree with, but in the whole I really agree with what she's saying because she's reporting on something that's happening in the culture today. And now what I'm going to talk about today is really going to run contrary to the the feminist movement and, and the equal rights amendment movement and all of that. I, I've seen it all and and. Uh, I know it's going to offend somebody and somebody say, well, I don't believe in that. I don't think wives should submit themselves to their husbands and blah, blah, blah. Well, just 
relax and let me i understand there are unique circumstances i was a pastor for a long time i get that i know but just stay with me on this and let's just see what the lord might speak to your heart this is not a sermon i'm just reporting on something that's happening so uh don't jump to any conclusions okay but anyway gen z is turning more and more to their cultural beliefs to biblical models like the traditional family roles. They're turning toward the idea that a man is a husband and a female, a woman, is a wife. And they come together and they get married and they have children. And the Bible gives roles to the man and to the woman and to their children. The children are said to honor their father and their mother. And if they do so, they'll be blessed. That's God's word to the kids. So the kids are to be taught to honor their father and mother. Not blindly, but in a biblical, scriptural way. Gen Z, this group of people, about 13 to 28, the 13-year-olds are not getting married very often, I don't think, but in that group of people. Emma Waters says, for women who who have observed the unhappy zero-sum battle of the sexes, many feel that the modern world, for all its promises, has failed them. That caught my attention. Yesterday, I quoted youth minister Shane Pruitt, who said in part, he said the pandemic didn't create new problems for Gen Z, but I think it poured gas on some problems already there. You have a whole generation who has come to the end of themselves at a much earlier age. He said they are looking for hope. They are looking for answers. 100% right. They're turning to God for the true answers to life's greatest issues. Gen Z is turning to traditional values. Where did traditional values come from? The Bible. They're turning to traditional values, specifically traditional biblical family roles. Water says Hannah Needleman, a Utah-based cattle farmer and I would call it a cattle rancher, but she calls it a cattle farmer. And a mother of eight is perhaps the most popular Instagram trad wife. What is a trad wife? That's a traditional wife, traditional based on scriptural teaching. She's the mother of eight. She's perhaps the most popular on Instagram, a growing category of social media influencers who reject the not-so-traditional nine-to-five workforce in favor of homeschooling their children, homemaking, or running a family business. Though her content is entirely wholesome, she said, she is not without controversy. That too caught my, my attention. But the controversy that Waters is talking about in this story in The Federalist is the fact that Needleman's husband is the son of the former CEO of JetBlue Airline, and he's worth about $400 million. So the criticism of this uh, person, Needleman, who has a humongous following on on the uh, social media, is that, well, you guys are a rich family and you can do whatever you want to do, but we have to get up every morning and go to work because we have bills to pay. Well, I understand that. Water says this enabled, though, the money that Needleman and her husband were able to make the transition from career climbing and working in the corporate world, trying to kind of one-up each other and become CEO of whatever. And they decided they didn't want that. And so they 
went to U- moved to Utah, bought a ranch, and started becoming cattle ranchers and homeschooling their kids and so on. But Hannah and her husband are not the only couple that's making these lifestyle changes. Yes, they do. Their family has a lot of wealth. But there are others that don't have wealth that are doing the same thing, as I read on and did a little research on my own. For many women who increasingly report persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness or disillusionment with the girl boss lifestyle, that's another new word to the culture, the girl boss and the trad traditional wife is what they're talking about now in this Generation Z. And it's all based around biblical teaching and biblical principles. Even though some of them are not calling it that, that's what it is. And they're longing to go back to traditional lifestyles and particularly traditional family structure. It kind of gained popularity in 2018 from what I can see, but it peaked, it it seemed to really just peak and, I mean, really expand this whole idea. And a lot of people, I mean, Thousands of people are are talking about this now. In about 2020, as the pandemic accelerated women's return to the home, and instead of being confined to just biblical Christians who wanted to follow biblical models for family, as I hope we all do, these kids and these young adults were not necessarily coming from a church background. They were just saying, man, this makes sense to me. And it's the plan that God has laid out for all of us in his word. And so they begin, and, and the wives that have been trying to become the CEO of XYZ Corporation or whatever, they said, you know what, I don't want to go back to work after the pandemic. They said, I, I want to be a mom. I want to be a wife. I want to be in the home. I want to run the home. That's the corporation I want to be involved in. And a lot of them just didn't go back. They weren't angry. They weren't mad at anybody. They just said, there's a better way. I'm not suggesting that women, and I know not everybody's going to agree with me, but I'm not suggesting that women can't work and become the boss if that's really what they want. I'm just saying there's a massive turning away from that by successful women who are saying, I've had it. I'm not going to do that. I, I want to spend time. I want to invest myself in my kids. That degree that I worked so hard to get, so I could climb the ladder and be the boss of, of everybody all the time and whatever. I, I don't. That doesn't mean as much to me now, or doesn't mean anything to me now. And so they're looking at a the potential in their lives to reclaim uh, happiness and and even faith. And they begin to look into faith and they say, why do Christians do this and so on? And family and community and meaningful work. Again, I'm not suggesting that every woman, you know, go home and sit there while her husband, I mean, but I'm saying there is a turning toward God's plan. God has a plan for family. I know there are extenuating circumstances in everybody's life. I understand some of women who may be listening today would say, I don't want to do what I do. I want to be home, but I can't, I can't make ends meet. I can't. We can't pay the bills if I don't work. I get that. I live in the same culture you do. I understand. But the left has noticed this. And they're not happy about this trend. And they're kind of all over it. And I I don't have enough time today to tell you all that I read in preparation for today's program that that is, is trying to undermine this whole movement. But USA Today kind of was in the middle. There were people, there were 
organizations, news organizations, much stronger than they, and some not as strong. But USA, I thought, was in the middle. Here's what they said just a couple of days ago. They got onto this, what's happening. And they said, USA Today said, and I'm quoting them, perfectly coped hair, a pinup dress, a gorgeous home, cooked meal on a decadent dining room table. These images convey that a traditional wife, a woman you might picture as being from the 1950s. But these women, known as trad wives, traditional wives, and typical Christian conservatives, are here today, and they're not all Christians that are doing this, but USA has to lie a little bit to form their their message here. But they say, are here today and gaining attention on TikTok and other social media to the tune of 187 million views. The women that are talking about this. Many of their followers celebrate the life these women aim to showcase, but others worry they are idealizing a time when women enjoyed less autonomy and fewer rights than they have now, especially as we head into a heated election system. Um, That's the world's view. So the leftist movement isn't really about personal choice. It's about mandated lifestyles. USA Today asks, who is in control of my life? Well, that's a good question. Is it God? Or is it something or someone else? They're echoing the tired old feminist demand that every girl must do what boys do, except they have to do it better, or they're not a real girl. I mean, that's the message. That isn't God's message. God has a better Women are much more than the feminist movement allows them to be. Women are special. They're unique. They're one of a kind. Nothing is like a woman. God made a woman as he made a man, a male. But they're echoing this old feminist demand. Well, I, if a man can do it, I can do it. And our little girls are, are raised up in that environment. And so their whole life is consumed with trying to outdo Johnny. And maybe there's something much more beautiful for them than just outrunning Johnny on the playground or whatever. Journalist and author, this Joe Piazza, believes there are aspects of the trad wife ascetic that can be harmful to young, impressionable girls. The purported 50s sitcom lifestyle, Piazza says, is just that. It's a television program. It's a not, It's ideal. It's not a real-life situation. Nobody can live like that. Nobody should live like that, and so on. Has it occurred to Joe that pressure to compete with men on every level can be harmful to young and impressionable girls? Males and females are different. We're created to complement, not compete with one another. And what about the demands of our culture? It's putting on five-year-old girls to evaluate whether they're male or female without telling their parents. Is that progress? I suppose they say it is. Is that what's best for women? No, it isn't. It's destructive. And everybody knows it, except the people that are so obsessed with this, they have been turned over to a reprobate mind in many cases. It's worth considering why Gen Z women who have the most professional opportunities and the fewest barriers in edu- uh, to education, work, and, and advancement, and politics, for that matter. Why are they flocking in large numbers to being traditional wives? 
Why do they want this? No doubt the online accounts are more intense in their expressions of femininity, and they may be overstating, but this is where a lot of women are going today because the world's system doesn't work, and they have found that out. I have more to say, but I'm out of time. Thanks for being with me today. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.